everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Kevin Hamm, your host, and today I am joined by Sam Hunthausen, uh, who is from a pretty prominent family here in Helena. So, uh, Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I've lived in Helena my whole life. I went to Helena High School and then to Carroll College, where I studied biz- business management, uh, economics, and English. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's... Uh, so one year later, after graduating, I'm, I'm running for office, uh, House District 82, oh. representing the west side of Helena and the west side of the valley. Cool. So who are you running against? Uh, Jenny Eck is my opponent. Oh, okay. And um, what made you decide to run so quick after college? Well, I, uh, I've always had an interest in politics and you know, specifically serving Helena in some way. And I, I think as far as uh, what, this, what this country needs now and what, what Helena needs now um, is people in politics who are, who are in it for the right reason, who are in it to, to serve their community and uh, who have, uh, have no, no other objective but to uh, give back to their community. Oh, that's cool. So um, let's see, you studied business and you studied English. Um, hmm. I studied English. I couldn't imagine studying business at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it like you know, going to college in your hometown? Has, has that influenced you in, in how you see politics going on around here? Because Helena is a pretty political town. So Yeah, Helena is a very political town. Uh, you know, all of us growing up here know, know that the legislature is going on. We may not have uh, been up there personally, but you know, I remember my parents working during, or not my parents, but friends of parents working during the legislative session. Uh, you know, some of them, uh, some of them working for state government. So we all, because we have so many state employees in Helena, we have a little bit, uh, a little bit closer exposure to, to what goes on in state government right. and how it affects Montana. Right. And then we have, you know, everything's kind of centralized here, but it is a very political town in and of itself. I mean, the, the politics that go on with their school board and, uh, I mean, even with running the civic center or the airport and all that, I mean, right. they, get, they get really contentious. So growing up here has been... I grew up here too, but in the eighties and it, it seems exactly the same today. I mean, it's very contentious and there's political arguments about things, you know, water. <laughs> right. Like, that's right. You know, things that aren't necessarily all that political, you know, we, 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 uh, we politicize, we politicize you know, butter them. political. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, that's right. <laughs> so, and you're also from one of the, uh, the larger politically, uh, and community, uh, leadership families and the Hunthausens are, um, Huge at Carroll, the, there's the Hunthausen Hall and the awards and all of that because they helped found it. And, uh, well, you know all this history better than I do. <laughs> and then you've got nine billion cousins. I do, yeah. And a lot of them are at Carroll right now. And I, I went to school with many of them when I was at Carroll. Um, so there, there are a number of us, of us around town and uh, a lot of us at Carroll, too. And uh, I'm pretty lucky to have the family I do. Yeah. They've, they've been pretty supportive. Uh, they're they're very interesting families. So, what's interesting to me is you're running as a Republican, and every other Hunthausen has a D after their name <laughs> on the ballot. How did this happen? Well, that's that's a good question. I get that question a lot. That's probably the the number two question after who are you related to? That's, uh, <laughs> all of them. All of them. That's that's the answer. Yeah, I'm related to all of them. And uh, as far as why I'm a Republican, and uh, I and why the rest of the not the rest of the family, but many of the of the other family members are are Democrats or they lean liberal. Um, the the family definitely skews that way, and uh, I'm not the black sheep of the family, but uh, definitely in the minority. Mm. There are there are conservatives in the family, but uh, they're they're outnumbered. Uh, <laughs> so as far as how I as far out as how I came to be a Republican, uh, it started in, in high school. Uh, that's when I first. 
first remember having a, a political thought, you know, as far as how I identify and, uh, you know, what, what my values are. And what it comes down to basically is whether, you th- whether I think the government should be bigger or smaller, you know, whether it's already too involved in people's lives or, uh, or whether we want more gover- government in our lives. Um, so that's fundamentally where I, where, I, where I stand. I believe that uh, the government is too involved in our, in our personal and professional lives, and uh, that's, uh, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I tend to be... Um you know, being part of the LGBTQ community, I tend to uh, be lumped in with the very left and I tend to not be on a lot of issues because I think that the government needs to get out on a lot of things too. So it's always interesting when I get into it, into a political discussion with people and they're like, well, this has to be regulated. No, it doesn't. Right. It's, it, there's a lot of things that don't have to happen, but how does this, how, how are you looking forward to Thanksgiving this year? I guess would be <laughs> the best that's, question. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I, it's it'll be fine. It's uh, you know I gotta say, you know almost all of my family has been very supportive of me of me running for office. You know even even the the more liberal ones have uh, have supported my campaign in one way or another. Mm. Um, and I think I think most of us are just interested in in people, you know, being involved in state go- or in government in general. You know in in uh, in how we make laws to define define our communities and define our state. Uh, so that's, that's something people are supportive. All the people I know, uh, you know, they think it's, they think a, that it's a good thing for a young person to be involved in politics. Uh, they think that it's a good thing that, you know, my perspective is to, you know, to represent this community. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what I see my role as being, you know, in the legislature, you have a constituency and it's, it's your job to represent Represent them, you know, and to kind of balance that with your vision and your personal views. You know, it's it's important that you're that you're out there listening to your community and listening to your constituents so that you can uh, serve them best. So, I think most people understand that that's why that's why I'm in this. That's why I want to serve now, mm-hmm. um, and that's generally supported. Cool. So uh, most people have like a trigger issue, you know, the one thing that caused them, no, I have to run. This is the thing. Do you have one? I do. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the biggest thing and the biggest problem I think we have is that business and entrepreneurs are being uh, vilified. You know, business is being portrayed as a bad thing coming from the top, coming from our current president. I don't think he respects business and, you know, one of the most important things for a democracy is a is a strong economy and an economy where people are encouraged to to take risks and start businesses. And you know, when we start taking away that reward from people who take risks, uh, it, it, I think it makes us all worse off. And you know, I, I see myself as someday going out and starting a business. You know, rest, a restaurant would be my choice if I were to do it. But uh, yeah, I've worked in restaurants. I can tell you right now, don't. <laughs> I, I've, do, I've done it too. I've done it too, and uh, you know it, it uh, definitely makes you more hesitant to do it. Yeah, um, it's like oh yeah, five cents of every dollar. That's your that's operating right. margin. That's right, and you know that's uh, that's kind of the trigger issue is that that five percent profit margin, and uh, you know what's happening now is we're getting mandates from the federal government um, that unfunded mandates for businesses to engage in things. And, uh, you know, it chips away at this 5%, uh, 5% profit there. And it's already so small. Once, once you get, get that down to zero, people, 
just don't want to get into the business anymore. Well, yeah, if there's not going to be a profit. If there's no incentive, uh, you know, people, people, people think rationally. If there's no incentive to, to be in that business, they, they won't be. Um, so as far as why, you know, what triggered me to run now, that, that's it. It's that I think we need to make sure we have a good business environment in the state of Montana. Well, we seem to have a pretty decent one. We keep getting ranked high, which is nice. Um, I can see where you're coming from on that issue. It's it's one of those things that there's a lot of things that drives me nuts, and I'm assuming that you're talking about uh, specifically healthcare, which is one of the new mandates that is going into place for smaller businesses. They have to uh, step into. I happen to be on the other side of that issue, um, but I can see both sides of it. I know it's a really tough nut to crack. It's going to be a pain to fix, but it's something that we have to work on, and it's going to take both sides to do it. So if we don't have both sides engaged, we're not going to get it fixed. That, that's right. Yeah, that's absolutely you right. Know, and and um, you know, my liberal friends are going to beat me up for this one, <laughs> but it's true. If you, if you just let one side make all the decisions while they have good intentions, we all know where that leads. Right. You know, and both sides have good intentions, but I think because they're, they're working both for and against each other, you know, working well in together is both tension and release to get stuff done. I think we'll get a better path. It requires a lot of work and it requires compromise and it requires some things that didn't happen in our last session, which is what we need. Now I happen to be the reason I started the show and the people who have listened to it before all know this is because the last session was so contentious and there was no compromise. Um, there was no compromising with the tea partiers. I'm sorry. There just wasn't, they, they had decided what they were going to do and nothing else could be done with them that they wouldn't work on other issues and they wouldn't compromise on the issues that they wanted done their way. And that's not how government is supposed to work. And so it's really interesting to me to see somebody who wants to come into this, but you don't seem very aligned with the Tea Party ideals. You seem pretty much just, you know, I'm a little more conservative than the rest of my family, which makes you an arch conservative. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, is, is, do you see that sort of, how do you look forward to those sort of compromises that you're going to have to make in order to be an effective government official? Right, right. And that's, it's a tough balance to strike um, because you, you know, you have your principles and you got to stick to those principles. Um, you know, but if everyone's completely rigid, we don't get anything done. If right. Every- and principles, your principles don't put bread on the table. That's right. That's so. right. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about the last legislative session, and I'll, I'll tell you, I, you know, going door to door, that that session wasn't well received by by Helena, you know. And it's to be no. honest, it's it's tough to run as a Republican after that session. Um, you know, it's uh, you get a lot of people who um, are will probably vote a straight ticket uh, on the Democrat side just because of the last session. And you know, these these may be people that uh, you know lean lean right on on most issues, but they still have this reaction. Right, they don't want to. See, they don't want to see the Tea Partiers back in power. They don't. They don't. And uh, the the tough, uh, you know, the tough thing about being a legislator is you get you get all these constituents that they want things from you, mm-hmm. and you know you have to you have to just remember what is what is best for for my district and what is best for the state of Montana. Uh, and it's in politics, you often hear from you know, the extremes from one side or the other, and they tend to be vocal and, you know, middle of the road people, uh, you know, most of us can agree on, on things we want. We want cheaper healthcare. We want more affordable healthcare. We want access to education. We want access to public land. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of how we get there and, uh, you know, how we get there is what, uh, is where both sides need to come together and, uh, you know, find some middle ground there. Um, it's it's tough and it doesn't always work. And, you know, some some bills get killed uh, because they 
there's just too much difference there. Yep. Or, uh, or they just lose track of the end. Or sometimes they just no. have to die. They, or they just, sometimes <laughs> they just have to die. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of those bills that we ran into last ses- session. So um, what, what's the big thing that you want to change first? What, you know, I, have, if you've, I don't know if you've listened to the shows. I don't know if you have that kind of time with all the, the I've campaign, listened to a few, yeah. yeah the <laughs> campaign work that you have to do. But um, there have been a couple of issues, like a couple of them that just drive me nuts. One of them is our alcohol laws. Mm-hmm. They make me crazy. I'm like, why do we have nine different types of, or I guess it's only three, but still three different types of liquor licenses. Right. It's like, if you can sell liquor, sell liquor. That's yeah. it. That's all it should be. One license. That's it. And yeah. it shouldn't be a transferable license. You have it or you don't. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's another business issue too. It's, uh, right. you know, why, why do we complicate things? Uh, you know, if, if I wanted to sell rest, uh, you know, alcohol at my, at my establishment, um, why do I have to deal with all these different licenses? Right. And, uh, and why do I have to have gambling? Yeah. Why, why are we tying our vices together? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. But, See, uh, and I don't know either. I, I actually do know some of the history of it, and I know some of why we do some of the things that we do, and they made sense at the time, but they, they haven't been reapportioned, so the licenses are completely screwed up on how much value is in them. Um, I was talking to one person who owns a bunch of licenses. They were actually complaining about my idea to restructure it so that the license was just issued. And he's like, but I'd lose all the value in it. And I was like, you're acting like it's property. And he said, well, it is property. And I said, do you pay property tax on it? And he shut up really quick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's, you know, that kind of illustrates an issue with a lot of our, you know, our our well-intentioned government programs. You know, so long ago, we we set up this system. And, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it may have lacked a little foresight. And, uh, a little, a little or a lot <laughs> or a lot, but you know, we don't, we don't realize it until we're farther down the road. Right. And, and, one, and, and, and government does this, it's like a ratchet. It only moves in one direction and it right. gets tighter and we need to release that. And on some of these laws, we just need to go uh, back up. We need to fix this. This is wrong. So how are you going to attack those laws or how are you going to approach them? I guess would be right. a nicer way of saying okay. it. Well, the, well, the tough thing is that, you know, once you have the system in place, people are, people have invested in it. Like with the liquor license for most, for a lot of the restaurant owners, bar owners, that's, that's the retirement. Right. So how do you do that without doing a taking like Texas did when they do, when they changed their regulations? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like the taking idea. Um, because like I said, people have played by the rules, you know, we've set up these rules mm-hmm. and, uh, so how do you change the rules without doing a taking? I'm asking you specifically you know, because specifically, you're going to be faced with this I know, argument. It is. It's a, it's a, you know, the, ret- the retroactive things are, are more difficult to fix. And, you know, as far as my role in the legislature, I think going forward, we need to make sure we're more deliberate in how we make laws so that we don't get ourselves into these kind of problems mm. in, in the we future. We have to fix our uh, um, term limits then. Because <laughs> deliberateness and care and, and wisdom come from time being in the legislature and understanding the process and understanding the unintended consequences. And, you know, we deal with the unintended consequences of term limits all the time now last session was a prime example of the unintended consequences of it so yeah i think you're right and uh you know it's, it's important in that legislative body to have experienced people uh people new to the system and uh it's i i don't like term limits i i think they've been i think they've been bad for the state um it's we because like you said we just aren't as deliberate in how we make laws and we we lose 
we lose, lose the perspective of people who have seen some of these bills come up, the ideas behind some of these bills come up before and, mm-hmm. and know what, what has happened before. And, yeah, we uh, lose a lot of institutional knowledge. Yeah, we do. But the other side of it is we, we gained new blood. You know, we had a system in place that didn't have term limits for so long that we had power was consolidated into two areas of the state, one of which was Butte. And they had so much power consolidated because they had so such long-term servants at that point that they were able to redirect the freeways. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's literally the issue that caused it. There's a freeway that does not go through the capital city because of the power that Butte held at that point. And the rest of the state looked at that and said, no, that's wrong. And so we punished ourselves. We cut off our nose to spite the face, to spite our face to do it. But, um, so I think they need to be relaxed, but I still think they, you know, are necessary on some level. I don't think the power should be consolidated to, you know, Strom Thurmond levels. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't think most people want that, but, uh, also voters always, always have the, the ability to set the term limit. You know, they can vote anyone out of office, uh, any election yes. Yes, and, it's uh, true. it gets harder. It gets harder when, the longer someone's been in there because, uh, you know, all these, all these interests, uh, attach themselves to the, the incumbent candidate. You know? right. And uh, that's, that's just kind of the way it goes. So, Yes, welcome to democracy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were a kid, when you, you went to Helena High, and I don't know, I, did, I went to Capitol, so, and plus it was many, many moons ago. Um, were you political at all in high school? Or? Um, I wasn't, you know, student body president. I wasn't student body president. I wasn't involved in uh, student government at, uh, at Helena High. I was involved in many clubs and uh one of them was called 3777s and uh which is an interesting uh interest it's it's obscure it's the first club in the state actually it was the first high school club in the state so we would do service projects and uh and just represent the school at at certain functions but cool. who's it through uh it's through the school and but i mean who's it affiliated with i guess uh, no one no oh, one really? yeah it's uh well, the numbers the numbers go back to the vigilantes, uh, which I, I haven't I haven't figured out the history behind the club. I think there's something interesting there because uh, it it's the oldest the club in the state, mm-hmm. and the numbers three seven seventy sevens are tied to the the vigilantes in Bannock. Mm. So that's a good group that you want to be involved with. Bunch of outlaws. Yep, a bunch of outlaws. Yep, <laughs> vigilantes. People taking taking justice into their own hands. Yeah, uh, and you're running for office. Yep, uh, okay. that's right. Yep. <laughs> Um, yep, so it it's a it, it was a good group to be involved in in high school. Um, you know, a lot cool. of a lot of them uh, are involved in politics now. And is, did you were you involved in student government or anything with the legislature while you were at Carroll? Or um, I was in college Republicans at Carroll, um, so I helped Chris out Shipp? on. I was yes, okay. Chris Ship was a year older than I was or is, and uh, and then I was vice chair after after Chris Ship left. Okay, so. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, being a conservative on a on a college campus, as you probably know. It's yeah, and it's 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 interesting to me to think about the fact that the the Catholic schools have always been considered liberal schools, but the Catholic Church is very much not. And there's always this dichotomy of thought of the schools are, but the church isn't, and then you are, but the school. Uh, it's it's weird, and you know, it's it's also interesting how Catholics vote because you look at some of our presidential elections and. Uh, there isn't a on many of these elections there aren't a there isn't a statistical difference on uh, you know on how Catholics vote you know on on specific issues that uh, you know that are supposed to be 
Uh, the core Catholic, core Catholic. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. So how has door knocking been for you? It's been good. You know, it's uh, it's not always easy. <laughs> I'll be honest about it. You know, there, like I said, there are enough people in Helena who were around the legislature last session, and uh, they, uh, in many cases, they, you know, they have a rant, or they don't. And you get to hear, and it. I get to hear it, <laughs> and uh, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's why I'm out there because you know people. People have people feel like their government doesn't listen to them, and uh, you know I, I try to give people a chance to to tell me what they want from government, and you know many of them, which is too bad, they they pass up one on one time with with someone who could be an elected official, and uh, I think that's too bad uh, because I think are they passing it up because they're frustrated or don't have time or because they don't believe that you'd be effective. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I guess I haven't speculated on that. And, you know, a lot of times it's because they don't have time, and that's not that's not that they're disinterested. I'm talking about the times when someone, you know, their first question is, "Are you a Democrat or a Republican?" <laughs> and uh, and then there's a scoff or something, and then the right. con- you know, and then that's oh it. you you yeah yeah oh you're from that party yeah. But you know, yeah, you you run into people, and they're they're at various uh, levels of busyness and can't talk, and that's that's to be expected, and I I get that, and you know, I'm I'm coming unexpected, so uh, yeah, knocking on the doors, knocking on the doors seems really weird in 2012 because it's like yeah, you never call, you never go over to a friend's house without calling first. That's that's right. So yeah. it seems very bizarre. It, it always kind of makes me like, who's at my door? It, it's <laughs> it, yeah, and people I didn't order a pizza. <laughs> well, and. Uh, some people think I'm a Boy Scout. Some people. Uh, <laughs> well, you are 24. Yeah, mailman. I get sometimes. Uh, I was expecting UPS. UPS. Dang. Yep. So, it's an interesting experience. You learn. You learn a lot about the community, and uh, even even someone who's lived in Helena all my life, you know, you, you still get a different perspective. Now, are you getting? Do you think you're getting a different reception because of your name as well, or? Um. That's yeah. That's. Like I said, that's probably the most common question I get is, are you related to such and such? And, uh, you know, one, one of my relatives. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's the most common question. And uh, for some people, you know, knowing someone, you know, knowing someone in common puts people at ease sometimes. Right. So it's, I, I think I probably have an easier time talking to people than, than some of the other people who are out going door to door. But, uh, yeah, I... You know, in job interviews, I get asked that question too: "Is how are you related to such and such?" And uh, I guess this is this is a very Do they long. Know that's illegal. They can't actually ask that question. <laughs> when I was at Carroll, I told my uh, my uh, uh, career counselor um, about that. That uh, you know, every interview I've gone to, I've gotten this question, and uh, you know, every event that I go to with my name tag on, you know, any kind of recruiting event, that's what I get asked about. And so I finally, finally just started putting my, my first name on, on my name tag so that I could actually find things out about these employers before, uh, before getting into another conversation about my, my roots. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Uh, um, so you've, you've started your campaign. Actually, let's see. When did I hear about you running? I guess it was January. It was March. Oh, wow. It was so March. you made your decision right before the deadline. I did, yep. And... Uh, how have you been doing with the fundraising, tapping into that okay? And 
Uh, yeah, Fund- fundraising's gone pretty well for a for a first time candidate for a young person. Uh, you know, it's it's tougher because a lot of my friends aren't. Uh, you know, they aren't making the big bucks yet. Um, so it's uh, they, they graduated from Carroll. But they graduated from Carroll. <laughs> yep, should be. So the nurses are the nurses are making money. The accountants are making money. Um, but uh, a lot of us are still you know s- still uh, waiting for that big break. <laughs> so fundraising's going well. Um, just uh, just about to hit nine thousand dollars in fundraising. Oh, nice. So. And so. How has it been uh, when you did the design for all of the your yard signs, um, which I guess I, I, everybody else has told me they're up. I haven't seen them because I'm trying not to look at the political <laughs> signs. I'm like, ah, oh, they're like weeds. Somebody turned them. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I, you know, I, I hated political signs until I got involved in it. I, I've never put one up. I, you know, I've never wanted to mow around one or do anything <laughs> like that or my, or to have my neighbors know, uh, you know, which way I was going to vote. Um, but, uh, I'm into it now. It's, uh, it's kind of cool to see your, your, uh, your signs up. And, you know, just this last weekend I was working on some, some highway signs with my, my dad and my sister have been helping me out. So we nice. just, uh, are painting them. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, uh, big old slabs of wood, lots of paint. Yep. That's right. Oh, that's what you got to do. Um, with putting everything together, of course, your cousin, is it your cousin, Andy? Yeah, he's okay. my second cousin. Okay, yep. so Andy's running for county commissioner. So his name, his last name is the same as yours, and it's very prominent on his signs. How much, you know, and I'm assuming you took at least one poli sci class at, at college, so you know about name recognition and how that works. But how much do you think that's going to work for you or against you with the party line problem that we're running up against with a lot of people because the last legislature right and it's interesting i actually never took a poli sci class at carroll um you know (laughs) economics was uh is political enough i think (laughs) um because that's you know all of our all of our issues are tied to economics in one way or another Um, well yeah and uh so that's that's an interesting way to look at it i think but uh as far as how andy and i are tied together uh you know when i was first designing my signs you know, that I was talking to someone and they said, um, you know, really the last name is most important. This is someone who didn't know anything about the race going on here. And I mm. said, so he said, I think you can drop Sam from, from the sign. And I said, well, here's the issue. There's another candidate running, uh, who's a relative of mine with the same last name. And so I think, I think we need it on there just so, just so people know that both of our races are going on. Right. Um, and so I don't know how it's going to impact, um, our races, you know, I, I hope we're both reinforcing each other, uh, because, you know, I think I definitely benefit from from his his name recognition, and uh, well, and you benefit and, from the fact and, that your last name is Hanhausen anyway. Well, I do, and uh, you know, and, and the fact that he's you know he's active in this community, he serves on many boards, and uh, is generally well liked. Um, so, it's uh, it's at the closer we get to election, I don't know, I don't know how that'll how that'll influence things. Um, you know, sometimes I get people who think that I'm, you know, that the strategy of mine is to, you know, to piggyback off of Andy and undermine the Democrats in that way. <laughs> and it's, if it's, that's all it took, if that's all it took, you know, if, if, uh, if elections could be won that easily, it's, uh, it's pretty sad and, uh, or lost. I, th- I think it's interesting. I was actually talking with my mom who sits on the other side of the aisle from me quite often. Um, we were discussing that and your, your race particularly and how it affects Andy's and his race and, and how it goes back together and what Jenny's facing with, you know, trying to fight, roll, you know, 
run against a Hunthausen and fight against that name recognition versus, you know, she's got the D and you've got an R and how will the party line votes play out this year? And it's one of those things where I don't think anybody has any idea how it's going to work because there's the one theory that name recognition is the most powerful thing. Um, and we can find out what that one on the county commission race because Fassbender's got name recognition because he's got a famous person's name. You know, right. so it's like this is going to be one of the most. It, it, this election should be studied, and everybody should be polled to find out <laughs> what they were thinking, why they voted the way they voted, and I think it'll be just it'll be very interesting all around. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating how you know how people's brains work as far as who they choose, and uh, you know what what is that deciding factor? And uh, you know, I th- I think in Helena, people generally vote for the candidate. Um, we have a lot of people who uh, are are independents. You know, they mm-hmm. they aren't. They aren't straight ticket voters, and uh, so I don't know. I don't know. It's you know the question is how is that that body going to going to vote in this election? Yep. And are they going to be motivated to come to the polls like they did in two thousand eight? You know, it's it's all a question of turnout and you know who turns out, and uh, I don't know what I don't know what the deciding factor is for people. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So tell me a little bit about uh, what it is outside of politics that interests you in your life. What are the things that make you tick? Okay. Well, cooking is is oh, really? a, a big thing for me. I've been interested in it for a long time. Um, and uh, I just like, you know, I like gardening. I like growing food or, you know, growing food. <laughs> and, uh, and I like cooking it. Um, so that's uh, that's my big hobby. So restaurants really are going to be in your future at some point. <laughs> I think at some point. You know, I, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be closer to the present, but uh, with this legislative race, uh, it's it's moving it's moving more distant. Yeah. Um, so other than that, I like to kayak. Uh, that's uh, you know when when you're in the election cycle, that's about all you do is uh, is campaign. Yeah. So, and you sound like you've got a lot of help coming from your family and your friends are trying to help as much as they can. What's the unexpected help that you found? Um, well, it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting who, you know, who steps forward to help you. Uh, you get, like, I got one call from, from someone who graduated from Carroll, uh, a while or not a while ago, but five years ago, but he was in college Republicans. And, you know, this, it's always great when you get an unsolicited call, you know, offering to help you. And, you know, those are the, those are the most motivating, the most motivating things when you, uh, when you don't have to ask someone for help and they show up and, uh, and they'll, you know, they'll help you in any way they can, you know, they'll take pictures with you. They'll, uh, they'll feed you. you know? <laughs> that's, that's, uh, it's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So as you're stepping forward into this campaign and you've, you've been out on the doors and you're running into both the people that are uh, upset with the last session and people that don't want to talk to a Republican, what are the, what are the independents that you're coming across? What are their big concerns? What are the things that they really want you to focus on? Well, for state employees, they're, they're concerned about the pay raise. Um, you know, state employees didn't get a pay raise for the last session and they want one. And, you know, some of the people I've talked to have said it's been, said it's been uh, seven years since they've gotten a pay raise. And so that's, that's a big issue. And, you know, if we don't, if we don't fix it, we're going to start losing valuable state employees. And, and how do you see that issue playing out this time? I, I see a pay raise coming. I, I think it's going to happen. Um, I don't, I don't know how, what kind of opposition the Republicans are going to, are going to throw up to it this time. Um, I bet they'll, I bet they'll resist the governor's plan for sure. You know, 
5% over the next two years probably won't happen. Um, but I definitely think a, a pay raise is coming. Uh, beyond that, there's the, also for state employees, there's the public employee retirement system and the teacher's retirement system. Now, these are both pension systems that aren't structurally sound. And if we don't, if we don't fi- uh, figure out a solution there, people aren't going to get the benefits they respect or expect out of, re- out of their retirement plans. Right. Um, so that's, that's the, those are the two big issues with, uh, with state employees especially. And you studied economics at Carroll, so you sound like you'll probably have a better grasp on that than I will. Um, <laughs> what do you think about how the process that, that goes into negotiating with the, the state workers, what's your take on that? Uh, as far as the governor negotiating with them or yeah 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 I, I mean my concern has always been I, I've never understood why the governor was involved I know traditionally the governor's been involved but the governor you know they, he makes a budget and submits it to the legislature and then they tread it <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah you know yeah. they tend to ignore it even when they even when it was a Republican governor and a Republican held house and Senate they've kind of ignored what the governor has put together and come up with their own voted on that and sent it back to him and then he argues with them and it's always been a mess mm-hmm. you know it's one of the most things that we do as Montana is, is argue over the 10 cents that, you know, we're going to give someone every year. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but I've always wondered why the governor was involved in those negotiations to begin with, because it's not his place. I, I agree. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I haven't been able to figure that one out either. And I, I don't know when that started. Um, but he, uh, you know, that's, I guess he's the negotiator. He's the, uh, yeah, it's very bizarre to me. It, it is bizarre to me too. And I don't, you know, I don't know what the solution is or what would be a better, um, you know, a better, uh, I would think at least the interim finance committee would be the one that should be at least starting the negotiations and going, okay, now we have something workable. We'll take it to the full body. Yeah. But you know, it's, you have to negotiate with the legislature and that's two bodies of a bunch of people and they're going to have contentious moments and it's going to take some time. It's not something that you can probably do in 90 days Mm -hmm. if you don't involve them from the beginning. Yeah. You know, and I think it adds another step for things to get political. Uh, you know, the, the governor. Oh, really? Adding parts or something is going to make it more political. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. It's, well, it's uh, you know, it's it's a it's an opportunity for whoever's in charge of the uh, whoever's the governor, you know, to set up the legislature to either vote against state employees or vote for state employees. And you know, I, I think it's like I said, I think it adds another another more political step to the process. Right. And uh, what else? <laughs> what, else? <laughs> what else? Yeah, I'm out of questions. No, out of um, questions. Okay. What are, what are the other things that that you really think that you're going to be able to add to? Because economic issues are are definitely going to be core to what this legislature is going to have to deal with. Because we had a lot of lying. There's no nice way to put it because that's what it was. It was lying. People did not like the numbers that they saw in front of them, so they made up new numbers and they said this is what's actually going to happen, and it wasn't true. The numbers that were in front of them is what happened. Um, we had a bunch of other people who think that because there's a surplus, we should give it back instead of oh, I don't know. Keep Bring it in the bank for when the state goes up in smoke, as it has in many cases this summer. Um, you know, and we have to pay people like, oh, firefighters. Call me crazy. They should be paid. Um, so we have a, a bunch of that stuff that happens. But what are the other issues outside of the economic ones that you really want to tackle? There's a bunch of social issues that are going to be in front of the legislature. Um, how are you going to deal with those? Yeah, there are there are going to be social issues. And, uh, you know, I, I think government should be more focused on on the economic issues, um, there, you know, I think there's more, more can be done there. 
I think that it's, it's a less political issue. You know, everyone wants a good economy, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it's just a question of how we get to that good economy. Um, but as far as social issues go, you know, the same issues will come up. I don't know, you know, medical marijuana is a, it's a social issue and it's a, it's a economic issue too. Yes, um, it is. And uh, that'll probably be back. Um, and how are you going to vote on, or how are you going to deal with that? I don't really care how you're going to vote because really and truly that makes probably the least difference. It's how are you going to deal with how it comes up? Because it can come up in a couple of different ways. One of them, which is, you know, it needs to be accessible to these people who need it for their treatment, but the federal government has set these regulations. Do we pass a law that violates that? What are you going to? Right. And you know, the, the thing I don't like about what's happened with medical marijuana and especially during the last legislative session is that this is an issue that people voted on and they, you know, they passed approval for it overwhelmingly. And, you know, to have, to have the legislature undermine that, undermine something the, the, the majority wanted, just doesn't sit well with people. And it doesn't sit well with me either. Um, so on medical marijuana, there, people want, I think people wanted some change to, to what was going on. I think there was some abuse going on. Uh, as far as how we go forward with that, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what the, what the right what the right way to go about it is, but, uh, I don't, I don't like going with a complete repeal, you know, completely repealing something that people voted for once. And I think when they vote on it again, they'll pass it again. That's, that's my guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what do you, uh, (laughs) the other side of that would be the legislative referendums where the legislature just punts on something and says, Oh, we'll let the people decide. How do you feel about those? Uh, well, I don't, you know, as far as our, as far as voting on specific issues like that, I'm not, I'm not a fan of sending some of those issues back to the people because what ends up happening is that people vote on sound bites and, you know, there just isn't this, they don't, they don't go into the depth that they need to, you know, the, the legislative body can be more, you know, they can be more surgical in how they make more precise in how they make, uh, make decisions. And they can be more educated. And they can be more educated. You know, the, the average, the average person doesn't, yeah, I think I think that we should just rename them. And my personal opinion is they should be called legislative abdications because that's effectively what the legislature. Oh, we don't want to vote on this because it's a contentious issue, and we should leave this up to the people. No, we elected you yep. to deal with the contentious issues in that house so that we don't have to see right. it. That's that's why we're a Democratic Republican. That's, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's. I don't believe it's the best way to make public policy. Yeah. I don't. So, um, what are the other issues that you? Uh, no are going to come up that you really just don't want to deal with. <laughs> Isn't that a nice way of putting it? That's, that is a nice way of putting it. Um, what about an atlatl? <laughs> about which? The atlatl. I want to throw a spear. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I hope that doesn't come back. Uh, you know, there are probably Republicans who won't get elected again because of that. <laughs> That's, uh, people know about that bill. And, uh, well, yeah, it was crazy. And uh, I get asked about it. And... Uh, no, thankfully I I wasn't there. I I was there, but I wasn't voting on anything. So right. uh, so oh, you were at but the legislature. Were you working for them? Or? I was I was working for the Montana Telecommunications Association. Oh. during the last session. Very cool. So you were a lobbyist. I was working with a lobbyist. Uh. I was an intern. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like as an intern in there? Because you're not the lobbyist, so you're not having to deal with them directly. And I'm assuming, unless you were doing some work for it. I I did deal with them directly uh, on a few instances and. Uh, it was a great experience. You know, I was given some, 
some authority. And, you know, I was given an opportunity to engage in, you know, more than I think, you know, the average intern would, uh, would get to in another internship. So I had a, I had a great boss and, uh, learned a lot. It really changed my, my perspective on how so and how we make laws. Well, especially of lobbying and lobbyists. Um, oh, did you, were you one of those people who had heard the word lobbyist and translated it to devil in a suit? <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, I, you know, I've always, I've always understood that people have the right to, uh, to petition their government. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's in the first amendment there. And, you know, so I've always I've always understood that they have a right to be there, and I've always supported that right. Uh, but seeing it at the legislature, uh, especially compared to you know having a lot of freshman legislators up at that session who weren't experienced and who you know may be there for one issue only. You know, they're there for one cause, and you know they're just they're just stuck on it. You know, they're just going to go. I will bring on. my spear. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, you know, you have the, the the lobbyists who really get into they get into the consequences of bills because they have a, you know, they're, they're deep into the, into how, how these bills will affect the people they represent. Right. You know, that's why they're a deep, deep understanding of how legislative changes are going to affect the, that area of life. Because right. that's what they do. Right. And, and to be honest, most legislators don't have that kind of specific knowledge. And it's important to have that specific knowledge there because otherwise we get, we get crazier bills and bills that uh, may not be crazy, may sound good, but you know, 20 years from now, we've got a huge problem. We've got a huge, huge program that we need to fix. And, you know, we've got people's jobs on the lines, people's retirements on the lines, and, you know, we just have created a mess. So uh, there are a lot of really smart people there working on specific issues. And uh, I, I think it's great they're there. So that changed your view on lobbying. And then after the session was over, it was over a year later that you decided to run. Were you considering becoming a lobbyist in the meantime, or, or did you just want nothing to do with it because you were so burned out from last session? Or no, I I, uh, I thought about it, and uh, it's I've thought about it seriously. You know, it's a question of how can you be more effective? How can you how can you serve Montana better? Is it through elected office or is it through petitioning your government? You know, there are, there are citizen lobbyists out there and then there are people who do it as a career and, you know, they both have important roles. And so, yeah, I I thought about it. I thought about it seriously and, uh, gave up, gave up opportunities to do it, to, to run for legislature. Hmm. So, um, so it's, uh, they're different, they're different worlds. You know, you got, uh, you got lobbyists who, um, who really, you know, they, they know, they know what's coming. You know, they're they're engaged and they uh, they have an idea of who's going to win, who's going to lose, and you know what issues are going to be up next. And then you got uh, you got the legislators who are uh, you know coming up with these issues, so, <laughs> or dreaming up these, or dreaming up these issues. <laughs> I have an issue. No, no, no. You had a nightmare. <laughs> Just sit back; it'll be okay. Um, well, it's it sounds like you're really engaged in what, in what you think needs to change and what you want to do, and um, you know, being a complete, well, idiot most of the times, but being a complete independent is the word I should have been using um, in, when it comes to politics and, and really wanting to know how the candidates work. It's nice. It's refreshing to have somebody on the other side of the aisle who's like, look, I just want to fix this. You know, I may not agree with you on everything. I don't agree with anyone on everything. So that's irrelevant. It's whether you're a sane uh, thinking person that's going to make a difference in our legislature. So it's nice to have those people running. So I'm really happy that you're involved in the race. Um, 
it's, it's a plethora of wealth and, and goodness to have people on both sides of the aisle to be able to go, no, I actually have to think about which one I'm going to vote for because, and actually I'm not in your district, so <laughs> you don't have to worry about who I'm voting for in your race. But it's just, for the people that are in the district, it's really nice that you have good candidates on both sides of the aisle. That's, that's an awesome thing to have. So I'm really impressed that you're involved in the race, and I thank you for coming on the show. Do you have anything else that you'd like to tell people? Or No, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot. Okay, just... so um, to review, if you are looking for uh, Sam online, he is on Facebook at? At uh, Sam Huntausen. And then you have your own website, yes? I do, and it's www.samhuntausen for hd82.org. Okay, and are you on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter, no. <sighs> <laughs> well, you can't be perfect. I skipped Twitter. <laughs> can't be perfect. We'll get that fixed. Um, and as always, if you are looking for um, any information or want to donate to his campaign, go to his website. There'll be a donation page. You can also donate your time to any of the candidates that have been on there, and that's always a great thing. So thank you very much for being on the show. And everybody out there, if you're looking for more information on Sam, you've got the sites. Have a good week.